You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, guys and gals. Um, one of the things that actually helped the show and you know kind of got us really up and going last season and you know obviously you know drew a bunch of you here and obviously more and more as each day goes by were the pregame or the postgame shows and uh we had a, I was, we had a lot of fun with them pete and i look forward to them most of them actually turned out pretty good surprising to a bunch of the nice airs um so we're gonna get into that here this evening pete smith jeff lloyd your local experts uh, along for the biggest stories as uh, Cleveland Browns fire open first energy tomorrow night for the Washington Redskins. 7.30 Eastern, iTunes rating reviews. Make sure you subscribe, dropping re- uh, the rating, uh, dropping a five-star rating, drop a written review at BrownsMaven, brownsmaven.com. Make sure you subscribe over there, become a member, get involved with the stories as we roll into your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound here. Um, support for the show obviously comes from the good folks over at Manscaped. Um, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming? You may have seen the mom, Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code LOCKEDON, capital L, capital O, at manscaped.com. Again, 20% at manscaped.com with the promo code LOCKEDON, capital L, capital O, obviously, to the good folks at Manscaped. Appreciate the short, uh, the support for the LOCKEDON network. Pete, look, it's going to be hot dogs served. There's going to be beers ready. The lights are going to be on. And even though it's a preseason game, I don't think there's much holding back uh, the fan excitement. Everybody is finally ready to go. And it'll be a good crowd tomorrow night. And I think these people have waited long enough. I mean, what they're actually going to get to see is going to be interesting. But, you know, no more time like the present, so to speak. Yeah, if it turns out that Freddie Kitchens doesn't play the starters at all, uh, that would be a pretty big letdown for a lot of people. But I'm sure they'll be excited, uh, almost regardless. But I think you know, I think everybody's desperately hoping that like the, the starters will play a series, and in that series, Baker Mayfield will throw a deep ball to Odell Beckham for a touchdown. Everybody will, you know, that'll be the dream. But uh, I don't know how realistic that is. But uh, or smart. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, it seems like it's uh, at times it seems like Freddie Kitchens likes to play to the emotion in the moment, but uh, you know he's got a football season to you know to coach, and I don't know how interested he is in trying to uh, you know be a hero on August eighth as opposed to in January. Uh, and that's the thing, and you know, Freddie's ran this camp, and there's been a lot of competition with it. You know, and uh, you know a lot of physicality. So there's some maybe where it's like maybe, maybe you get to see something tomorrow night. And then there's also of the look if John's worked this hard to get me this much to work with, let's make sure I've got almost every drop of it. You know, for September 8th against the Tennessee Titans, which is truly what you know Freddie is getting paid for, and obviously everybody else on the you know August. It was nice the last couple of years to get those victories and those moral victories. Uh, if it's 0-4 this year in the preseason and everybody's healthy, uh, rolling into week one, I'm without a doubt cool with this. Um, Pete, I asked you, um, I, I guess we'll go offensive side of the ball here. Uh, you know, obviously, there's we, we've told you guys and I, guys and gals, everybody knows that there's players we're looking forward to. But, you know, for some of these guys, and if you're one of these fringe guys, you want to hit the ground running. So, Pete, give me three names offensively you're, you know, you're going to have your eyes out for tomorrow night. 
Uh, Drew Forbes, Brian Finian, Ganofo, and uh, Willie Wright. I, I'm. <laughs> hey, all, if anybody's wondering where Pete's eyes are at. Yeah, I'm. All, I, I'm entirely interested in in what this line does. Uh, they, they, you know, if they've got reason to be excited about these guys, or, you know, I don't expect them to be, you know, technically efficient, you know, proficient, and all the things are clicking. But you know, I, I, I was obviously excited about those guys being picked. I'd like to see. You know, I don't expect to see the Orlando Pace-like tape uh, that at times you saw <laughs> on his uh, college tape. But at the same time, I, you know, it'd be nice to see a moment or few where you, you can see why they're excited about him. Or Finney uh, and Ganafo, it's just basically looking the part. Uh, and then Willie Wright, uh, you know, it's unclear if he has a real chance to be or, or how much of a chance he has to be to stick with the Browns. But he looks like he... Has NFL ability uh, and could show that against Look, so when they have to move on from potentially both tackles, uh, and, and it remains to be seen what they do with Treader. They they need to have some guys willing to and able to step in, and this is where some of that starts. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. Look, I mean, they've gone with the whole. It almost seems like you know strength in numbers with the offensive line, but you know. We're, we're not there yet. I mean, we're not even sure who the first five up is. So, you know, that that five through ten, there's a bunch of names, but we're gonna, some of these guys are going to need to prove that they can actually, A, perform, because we still need a starter, and B, you know, you know, what if you need to go to the reserve? You know, obviously the Browns got extremely lucky with health on the offensive line last year. We said this ad nauseum. You don't normally get to start your offensive line of your choosing week in week out for 16 games that was a true blessing the browns got last year so it's the question of you know who's going to fill out and become the five and you know can six seven and eight and nine actually look like players and you know hopefully he ain't got to keep nine but there's gonna you know a lot that's gonna have to come from that and we'll see you tomorrow night look i mean it's easy in the preseason game is the offensive line doing its job are you able to run the ball is your quarterback not getting killed i mean you don't have it's not so much where they're playing within the system. I mean, you want to see guys, learn, you know, at least be able to handle their guy one-on-one, handle their role, you know, play within a unit. It's, it's what you're looking for, the focus of this offensive line tomorrow night. And it's, you know where, you know where the good is, but you got to kind of figure out what the in-between is with the Cleveland Browns offensive line. Two guys I chose here. Um, we had talked about it last night. Maybe there is a possibility there is no six wide receiver. Um, that very well could be something and you know maybe you know Seth DeVal sticks around and you go for it tight end who knows or you just keep a Tavier Thomas on the fact that you know you've got a plus special teamer or you know Taylor and Armstrong at the linebacker position maybe you don't need both but if it's going to enhance your special teams unit uh, you made the upgrade there coaching wise obviously your offense is upgraded your defense is upgraded Maybe you shift an extra roster spot there. But for me, it'll be Ish Hyman there. Um, you're just trying to weed through and see who would even be possible for the sixth spot. You know, Damian Ratley is not going to play. Uh, you know what he does bring. I mean, he did have, you know, one game last year with a nice statistical output. Never really seemed to call his number after that. Played a lot of special teams. So maybe an opportunity for Ish Hyman. And, you know, look, nobody cares. Look, if... If it's not Baker Mayfield, we're all pretty much in agreement. You're screwed at the quarterback position. But for the off chance, I'd like to see. I want to see what you got in Gilbert. Uh, you know, AAF, legend, 
Hall of Famer, the greatest quarterback that ever is, was, you know, is there something there? Do you, do you possibly have somebody else, God forbid, even if it's just, you know, a couple of plays or just something that you wouldn't feel like, oh, my God, you know, the house has fallen, the house has crumbled, and, you know, it, it's over at the quarterback position. So I you know want to see if somebody other than Baker Mayfield can at least do something and maybe these guys, you know, getting to play with a little bit better of the talent uh, can maybe show something. Drew Stanton, I mean, you know, he hasn't really taken meaningful snaps in quite a while now. So it's interesting from that point. So that's what we're looking for a tad bit offensively. Uh, we'll get to some defensive guys here in a second as Pete hits you folks with the nice words from the folks over at Blue Chew. Yeah, speaking of limp quarterback play, uh, the good folks of Blue Chew are trying to help you out uh, to make sure you're not limp in the bedroom, making sure that you are uh, you have the tight spiral working, that you can uh, deliver in the clutch. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, it's Blue Chew. Like the, uh, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you'd be ready whenever the opportunity arises. So that could be halftime of the preseason game when you already stop knowing who any of the players are and you're something else. So they uh, to make sure you're you're performing at your best and, and you're a little bit better than Coach Stanton and potentially Garrett Gilbert and David Blau. Uh, you know, and of course, you know, have yourself ready to step up in to the proverbial pocket, so to speak. Uh, promo code locked on, capital L, capital O. Thanks to the folks over at Blue Chew for the support of Locked On Browns. Pete, defensively, um, and it's going to be interesting from this standpoint, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're going to think the way it's been trending is we're probably not going to see any of the starting defensive line. But, you know, three names, defensive side of the ball, you know, where are the eyes at then tomorrow night, Pete? Uh, it's on the rookie linebackers. Uh, you know, Sione Takitaki, obviously, uh, you know, I, I want to see, you know, him, him do the the physicality and, and the things that he showed. Him, the, the him and Geis could be a nice matchup. Right. You know, uh, uh, the journey for him in coverage is going to be, you know, fun to watch. I think evolving there hopefully is, you know, goes well. Uh, but failing that, you know, I, I hope we get to see a little bit of the, you know, that the thunder uh, that is the physicality with him. And maybe he puts somebody on the ground in a big hit. Uh, and then Mac Wilson has obviously made a couple of big plays in coverage recently. The orange brown scrimmage, a couple in practice. So, you know, this will be an opportunity for sort of him to carry it over. And for him, it's the opposite. I mean, if he can be a very nice coverage player, uh, that's great, and he'll ultimately be able to make a roster spot and potentially be a nice little role player. Uh, but he's got to be learn to read better and read and react better so he can be a more efficient run defender. Uh, but those two, uh, I you know, I, I have no interest in seeing Schobert or Kirksey play in this game, so hopefully those guys are starting. Uh, and then, you know, the, the other undrafted free agent guys like uh, Har- Willie Harvey, uh, Anthony Stubbs, and then uh, Diedrich Young, you know, the the Browns may only keep five linebackers. And, you know, after Kirksey, Schobert, and uh, and Taki Taki, you're looking at guys like Darius Taylor, who I don't think will play in this game, and, and Ray Ray Armstrong, if we're really calling him a linebacker. So if those guys are all 
you know, likely in the mix, there are not a lot of spots left. And, you know, is it as simple as, well, Mac Wilson's going to win this job or somebody else going to come on and surprise him, uh, particularly on the special teams aspect of this and, and show that they deserve more consideration in that, in that role. So I think there's actually some, some real competition on that level to see who can sort of shine in that moment. I think you made a great point as far as the rookie linebackers. And look, it, you know, for those men trying to give us a little bit of a hard time, if you want to see Mac Wilson truly, you know, turn out to be a, a, a fifth-round contributor and maybe you got more value for him, you want to see a run play, you know, at the line of screen, read, react, um, Sioni Taki Taki. And look, he gets that big hit. He lays somebody on their ass. I want to hear the, the dilly-dilly Taki crowd coming because he could be fun like that. I, I think he's going to be somebody that this fan base is truly going to enjoy because there's always going to be one where, you know, I think you're going to get about one a week if he gets enough snaps, and he probably will in the preseason, where there's going to be that one where somebody just goes backwards and, you know, to use one of Pete's favorite phrases, when guys like that hit you, you stay hit. Taki Taki could be one of those guys. So, But you want to see these guys outside of their comfort zone. Can Taki Taki run with a running back, you know, on a five? yard route or a little bit of a tiny wheel because you're not going to see anything too great most likely from the quarterbacks that are playing in week one of preseason but Mac you want to see where he can contribute some in the run game yeah his calling card to this point has been coverage but you got to be able to bring both that's what you know for those who give us you know a little flack about Joe Schobert Joe can bring both and can do both this is what linebackers in 2019 need to be able to do you need to be able to do a little bit of both uh, for me, I'm going to go with Lewis at the cornerback position. You know, it's a deep group. Um, you know, do you find a way to maybe move on from a Philip Gaines to keep in a guy that you liked, that you drafted late? Uh, I do want to see a little bit of the back end of the safety rotation. Demarius Randall, I mean, give him a lounge chair. He's got no reason to play tomorrow. I want to see Sheldrick Redwine. Um, you know, what are their plans for Murray? Is, you know, is he a pseudo corner? Is he truly a safety? I mean, I'm not sure how much he's going to play, but, you know, that's... The defensive back play and, like, the back end of it, I mean, we kind of know, like, the front end guys, but how the rest of the safety position is going to work out for me is really, really interesting as well um, on the defensive side of the ball. Pete, um, so, I mean, if we're not going, you know, obviously with the traditional, I mean, are we talking maybe of a starting line of, you know, Cooley, Aquale, obviously, I don't, Jannard Avery most likely is not playing, so... Chad Thomas, Chris Smith, is that possible starting defensive line is going to get treaded out there tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, Chris Smith, I, you know, is another one I don't know. Uh, but look, if, if you're saying that Chad Thomas is, is has a future on this team, you know, he this is a, every rep this summer then, because he really didn't get those last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's 100% what this is, is he needs all of the reps and he needs to have he needs to be able to deliver on those reps and he needs to have a good night and, and showcase something that says, you know, give me, give me a taste of something where you're going, this is why we, you know, this is why you brought him in right now. You're sitting there going, I haven't seen anything. So that's, that's big for him. And, and certainly uh, if it's Coley, if it's Carl Davis, if it's a quale, whoever, show me that I uh, give me reason not to be worried about this group. Cause right now I do not feel good about it at all. Uh, you know, and, and I think in, in some ways the starters not playing is good in the sense that one, they're really, they're a really good group, uh, but it showcases or potentially 
exposes that that backup group and, and what they really have there. So, yeah, and Jannard Avery, I, I can't imagine plays. I, I don't think he's practiced at all. Uh, so you're looking at maybe Anthony Zettel as the other starter, uh, and you'll have a very big, long group, but an unproven group that really needs to, to give give you something to to make you feel like your your group is more than about six deep. And that's in total, not just uh you know, the front guys. So it's it's a big opportunity for some guys to showcase. And obviously in one other one, and obviously we talked offense a little earlier, but I did want to get to this. Um you're not gonna get the valve. You're obviously not going to get Harris. I mean, who knows if you can get David Njoku. So, obviously, you know, Farrell Brown, Carlson, there's an opportunity here. And, you know, we always talk about maybe it's not here, maybe it's somewhere else, but a chance to put something on tape. And, you know, look, people are always looking for tight ends. These are two guys where it looks like they're probably going to get a ton, ton of reps tomorrow. Well, part of that is because they don't have a choice. I mean, <laughs> you know, Pretty much. Because <laughs> they, they are missing guys for injury. So, again, this becomes another big opportunity for a guy like Farrell Brown to make a statement that he, you know, he has a future on this team. They've been He's been sort of hanging around for a while. Uh, so now you get to go, well, you know, I am ready to sort of be a contributor. And, you know, I, I don't know how much, you know, McQuan Dean's in a tough spot i mean i expect he's gonna play a decent amount but you know he's been here about 20 minutes so i don't know how much the play playbook he knows whereas Farrell brown has been here for a while uh and you know without without Najoku likely playing at all hopefully uh he may play a little bit uh but then devolve is out you have uh demetrius harris is out so you know it becomes a ton of Farrell brown uh and you know, obviously, he's not going to probably have anything for Baker Mayfield, but you'd like to sort of sh- see he's a, you know, he's he's a player that he stands out in that group, and I think he could have a real opportunity, especially you know, as you get to the the back end of those receivers, is that at least Freddie Kitchens lately has been talking up Farrell Brown a little bit, which may or may not mean anything, but uh, he will he's not going to be out there with like Odell Beckham, and so he'll have an opportunity. Out this this I team my so receivers competing for a spot. You know you, you're trying to make you may don't know how many reps you're gonna get. So you're trying to make everything uh, anything out of everything in terms of any given play. You're trying to hopefully make a, a big big splash. Farrell Brown's gonna have I, I expect is gonna have time to sort of settle into a game and sort of feel things out and have an opportunity to sort of make a few plays. So yeah, he he may have more snaps than most guys on this team just by virtue of need. And the other thing is, you know, if you're Farrell Brown, if it's not here, at least get something on tape because, I mean, he really he hasn't played a lot of football and I mean, probably it's got to be damn near close to almost two years in that regard. Uh, so this is kind of like what we're looking forward to in the game. We've obviously gone in the Redskins. We did that the other night. You know, obviously a couple of Ohio State kids coming back. You know, does Darius Geis get a little run? You know, uh, a, a fun player. There's, you know, Montez Sweat, the first-round pick. You know, is he going to get any snaps? It was a guy Pete and I both really much liked through the process. Um, I think Washington maybe is on 
the right path. Uh, you know, it, it could be similar to the Browns last year where maybe you realize the guy in charge ain't the guy to be in charge. But then again, you know, a lot of the problems are at the top of the building, not necessarily at the bottom of the building as far as the Washington Redskins. So we'll see how that all plays out. Zabo Apparel, obviously, guys, I've talked about them before. Um, Veteran-owned company, pumping out, you know, great shirts. And look, it's, you know, everybody's... Obviously, the Browns are hot product right now. Everybody's trying to jump on. I love the guys over at Zabo. They're, first off, they're just great people to deal with. They're great people to interact with. Um, but the fact it's veteran-owned and just you know trying to put out something. Uh, check out the office in Vermilion, obviously, or check out Zabo, S-Z-A-B-O, apparel.com. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of their work. They're, I really, really like what they're doing over there. So go ahead, check them out. We have some listener questions, and I'll start. I mean, look, my guy Lucky, he's always coming in almost every day with one, so obviously we'll kick off with him. Um, Pete, the confidence level you have with the combination of Freddie and obviously Monken and Wilkes, can they, you know, nobody there has much real success. If they were able to establish and put together a, a good regular season, does that give you more confidence as that grows that they'll be able to deliver if it's a January playoff game? Um, I haven't really seen anything from Freddie Kitchens that makes me go, he can't handle it. I think so much of that is how they handle game day situations and, you know, how do they handle the timeouts? How do they handle uh, big situations and challenges and all that stuff? And in time will tell, uh, and certainly experience is beneficial on that front, but uh, until we see it, um, it's difficult to say, you know, he, he's got it or not. But I, just in terms of his demeanor as a coach, I, I don't get the sense that I should be too worried. He's pretty even-keeled and has done a nice job in terms of uh, managing managing games as an offensive coordinator. And obviously head coach is different. But, um, you know, if he has a successful regular season, hopefully that's indicative of, a, of the fact that he can manage those things. But... Uh, it's hard to say, well, this guy's going to be good at this until we're in a, we're in a position where he's actually able to prove it. I think with Freddie, I think, although it's something he doesn't preach, I think as far as in the, you know, I mean, he's going to have you know his you know his growing. I don't want to say pains, but he's going to have to grow all around. You know, obviously, it's not just going to be the offense, but I think he's pretty sound in you know, almost the kiss approach to keep it simple stupid like if he feels something's working or he just senses the moment and you always go back and I for me yeah I always go back to that Carolina game with the two you know basically essentially counter plays out of you know Jarvis Landry and a slot that were just it was really good I think Freddie's got he's got the wherewithal where if he finds something and I I, I think he's really great with picking his spot with you know things with that and I don't anticipate too much change with that. The, the biggest thing for Freddie is just managing the overall and total product. And, you know, will there be a time or two where we're like, wow, that was maybe a bad spot for Freddie? Yeah, it's, it's totally makes sense. And every coach goes through it. But it's something that, that's going to happen. And it's just, you know, whether or not the time of the game and whether or not they'll be able to rebound. But that's hopefully what the position John Dorsey put him in. We're giving him this much talent where – one tiny mistake isn't going to cost you a ball game where, you know, 
in years past where it was, you know, this didn't work out. Oh, Deshaun Kaiser audibling to <laughs> a damn option play inside the goal line that didn't work, and all of a sudden, you know what? Close the tent, shop out, shop's over. We're done for the day. There's no coming back from this. Uh, obviously, a lot better footing with the Cleveland Browns franchise now. Um, from J- at Jace, MCM, uh, Browns connections with the Redskins. Um, Pete, I, I, we're going to get to see your boy, aren't we? Uh, Caleb Brantley, we're going to get to see him tomorrow night? Uh, I don't know if he even gets to crack the lineup in preseason, but it'd be nice, um, you know, because he's going to prove how great he is and not lazy, which is what he's shown in every place he's been. Uh, he didn't even play for the Redskins in the actual, actual game, I don't think, last year. But, yeah, uh, certainly he's there. Um, he's <laughs> in the league for the moment. Uh, I, I, I have no expectations for him. I think he stinks by virtue of the fact he's just never shown the work ethic. Um, now, Pete, you had brought up um, anything on Jason Springs yet or no? Uh, he has cleared waivers uh, for the injury, so he's reverted back to the Green Bay Packers injured reserve. So, well, that was kind of the tale we had told you yesterday. You know, uh, so... That's where it's at. And as we always do, Pete, Browns-wise, league-wise, look, we got 11 games tomorrow night. What you got for us, Pete? What you looking for? Uh, I mean, the only thing that's going on we really haven't touched on because it's so goddamn weird is this Antonio Brown situation. <laughs> where he, you know, this seemed like a dumb rumor at one point, which is apparently actually what happened is that he went to – some cryo chamber thing without footwear uh, that you're supposed to have on there and, and gave himself some substantial case of frostbite, which he's still recovering from. Um, one of the most bizarre injuries I've ever heard. I mean, baseball is supposed to be the weird one on this, and this takes the cake. And, and right now, if you're Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm sure there's any number of Pittsburgh Steelers fans who are just sort of laughing at him right now. Uh, but I, I guess he's supposed to be okay here relatively shortly. Um, well, part of that whole thing with me um, is, well, who let him in the tank? Like, who administered this? And like, well, No, no, you, you got to wear that. Like, how, how did somebody let this happen? You know, it just seems, you know, the whole thing just seems really bizarre that somebody let him get inside that tank when there's like A, B, and C procedures that you need to meet to get in said tank and to bring up the baseball side of it. Um, Dante Pettis was... Uh, San Francisco 49ers wide receiver, uh, his father was a major league outfielder. And I remember apparently his father separated a, sol- a shoulder way back in the 80s, um, dropping the seat in his Toyota Corolla, and he was out for six weeks. So, you know, yeah, normally it's baseball where you get these weird, oddity, stupid injuries, but, you know, whoever let him in that tank without the socks on, I, I have no idea. But, the, you know, Antonio Brown, look, it just can, you know, somebody just continues with it. And the best tweet I saw on that today, Pete, was um, maybe he was dying to freeze himself and get himself young enough to be ready to go in two years when the Raiders may be relevant again. Right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just bizarre. The other thing that happened today uh, is Joe Hayden went down, started off. It's reportedly a minor ankle injury, which is great news because... uh, It seemed very weird that they said minor ankle injury... Ten minutes after he was on a stretcher, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Right. So, I mean, I think it would be extraordinarily disappointing for him not to play this year, 
only because he thinks he can cover uh, Odell Beckham, and I don't think there's a chance in hell he can. So I, I, let's 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 not ruin that matchup before it happens. But if, if it was serious, you know, I, I I think he's pretty mediocre at this point. The Steelers would be hard pressed to replace him right now. They they'd be in some they'd be in a world of hurt at corner. They're not great there anyway. So that would be a pretty bad situation for them. So. Uh, at least for right now, they, they we're still square to see him try to cover Odell Beckham. And uh, there's uh, obviously a very similar situation in San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the Browns are going to see them early. Jason Verrett, Nick Bosa, they both left today with ankle injuries. And this is where, you know, obviously, Pete, you can comment on that. But this is where when you, Pete, in years pa- past, people were really concerned about people not practicing. Um, now it's, well, you know, the D-line's not practicing. That's okay. It's not Tennessee week yet. Um, so it, it, it becomes one of the toughest parts of camp. But, you know, here's San Francisco with their first-round pick. Uh, and Jason Verrett, I mean, it's just one of the – you just hate it for him because the kid has so much freaking talent. But, I mean, you you could put him in 3,000 miles of square acreage and tell him there's only two nails there. But he always seems like the guy who's going to step on the nail if he's barefoot. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Verrett, uh, when he's been healthy, has been nothing short of uh, revelation. Um, you know, that he was overlooked in part because he was the short uh, corner. But he actually uh, had long arms, so it all it did add up. I mean, there was a, was a recipe for success. Yeah, he was great, and then he's just been unable to stay healthy, which is bad. Uh, you know, I no idea on the severity of any of these injuries, but uh, it does not look good for uh, Bosa who has already had been nicked up a little bit. So that um, at least gives you pause if you're a, a 49er fan that, you know, the in, the injuries, what sort of uh, knocked him out of his college season. I mean, obviously he could have played, uh, come back and played, but it knocked him out. And then uh, he's had two injuries. Again, they could be completely minor, but nevertheless, you know, this is the first your your second pick of the draft, uh, you know, stud or whatever was first pick of the draft, whatever he was, wasn't first, uh, second pick of the draft. Uh, that you know, he's your dude that's supposed to you know revitalize this defensive line. Obviously, DeForest Buckner is a freaking monster, uh, but you want this guy to sort of showcase his worth. And again, maybe it's just protecting him and being playing cautious, but. The 49ers have been victimized by injuries the last couple of years anyway, so more reason to sort of be concerned from that end. Um, and with Nick Bosa, obviously there's some rust that's got to be knocked off a little bit. And this almost kind of feels, Pete, a little bit eerily similar to Miles Garrett rookie year, where it, it was, you know, missed a little time, then obviously we got back for the Jet game. And y- y- you want to see how that works out. Uh, it-, it feels eerily similar I- into that where – you don't want to take somebody that you have so much invested in, and if he's not truly 100%, and that was one thing the Browns were truly smart with, is you waited till he was 100% and then see what you have because with so much invested in a guy, if he's not out there 100% and he's struggling a little bit, the boo birds come a-running. Yeah, um, look, there, there is... A vested interest, obviously, with uh, with Ohio State fans, uh, with with Nick Bosa, and and certainly any number of fans who are desperate to for me to be wrong on this one. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I don't want 
you know, I w- I'd like Bosa to be great. You ne- look, guys, and this is one thing. It'll never – Pete and I, look, we'll take our victory laps. It will never be because of injury. That ain't cool. It's just not right. Um, no, but it, it was a part of the calculation with him in terms of, you know, the people saying he was, a, you know, a, a you know a can't-miss prospect is, well, this was one of the things you were at least conscious of coming out. So, again, hopefully he – you know, this is nothing. He gets over it. Has you know, fifteen year career of nothing but stellar health. Uh, certainly, if if he is good, that 49ers defensive line becomes fascinating with him and Buckner uh, in that division. Obviously, you know, you, you're playing in the same division as Kyler Murray, and those two guys could be, basically eat him. Um, so yeah, I mean, take both of them. One of it. One of them. It would be a meal. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that, that that that's one of the thing. I mean, there are people who think the 49ers are sort of going to make a move this year. I I don't, but that's part of the calculation with that is you think that Bosa is going to be great um and and, and sort of help them revitalize themselves that that defense and 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 that pass rush and make them along with Quan Alexander and some of the other additions they've made that they're going to be great uh and turn this thing around and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come back and be whatever you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be and that that's going to help them take a big step forward there. The 49ers are interesting, especially all those receivers they have and Kyle Shanahan give, you know, there's, there's a, a level of credibility he gets that may or may not be earned, but nevertheless is there in terms of the, the weapons he has and the way, way he can sort of use the last thing. So they are one of the teams that's going to be probably fun to watch in preseason. And then the regular season is they sort of evolve. And obviously the Browns are going to have to play them at some point, so you want to see them sort of uh, make the most of that opportunity, the Browns to make the most of that opportunity and get a win there. But, uh, yeah, the 49ers are interesting. And since we're just there on the 49ers, I'll just drop this little tidbit. Um, our buddy Charles McDonald uh, over at SB Nation, good writer over there. Charles is really good. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Pete, he's thrown less passes in the NFL. He was drafted in 2014 than Baker Mayfield. So when people want to question whether or not they do not know what exactly the hell Jimmy Garoppolo is right now, I'd say it's fair, Pete. <laughs> it is fair, uh, and and obviously he's he's you know he's another 49ers player with a bunch of injury questions. He, you know he when he went in for the Patriots, he got hurt. Uh, had a, I think it was a shoulder injury. Well, it was when Brady served the four game suspension. He was supposed to get the month of September and couldn't even come close to finishing it. He got knocked out, and then obviously last year he goes down with a knee, and, and B.J. Mullins comes in, and their numbers are virtually identical in terms of efficiency. So I think that's another part of this that adds a question with it is, you know, not only can he stay healthy, but is he really worth all the trouble? Uh, you know, he may lead the league in handsomeness, but I don't know how much that uh, that's going to help the 49ers win games ultimately. So. Certainly, the 49ers, maybe more than any other team, uh, up there with the Browns, certainly, uh, have the most to prove in terms of hype. And obviously the Browns, no one has more hype than the Browns this season, but uh, that that is certainly a a team that has a lot to prove with all the stuff they've done this offseason. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Pete, Browns, Maven, what's cooking? What's the latest? I uh, put up a thing about, you know, the right guard situation uh, and the reps in terms of what, you know, I'm kind of interested to see. We sort of talked about this on yesterday and, and how that sort of gets divvied up. That that should be interesting. And then uh, 
you know, I, I did a thing uh, that'll be up tomorrow on, you know, what are some of the things I'm looking to watch tomorrow. Obviously, we touched on that a little bit, but where that goes with this team, because that is definitely going to be thing to see uh, with the, the young offensive line linebackers in particular. That can be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so obviously there's uh, Pittsburgh over at Browns Maven. Make sure you are following at Browns Maven on Twitter. Uh, BrownsMaven.com. Go over there. Set up a member. Your easiest way to interact with Browns fans because, guys, the way this is right now on social media and especially Twitter, anything that gets talked Brown-wise, everybody else kind of jumps in. And it's not any Browns fan's fault. It's big media for, you know, making this the Browns out to be what they were and then a lot of big media backtracking on it and you know it was it was it's always the thing it's the the build it up and then try to tear it down it's just managing the ebbs and flows and that's the way Twitter works which makes it annoying at times obviously if uh, make sure you follow Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account we always keep it as a follow back account at Lockdown Browns all lowercase DMs are open, anything you want, anything you want, put it into the show, uh, suggestions, critiques, whatever, send it on over. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, uh, throw a follow over there. Um, we're going to get to, uh, we'll, we'll do the post game, uh, we'll start hitting that, you know, right near the final whistle, which I'm looking forward to, those are always fun. You've got our thoughts on that, so, uh, you know, figure for a 7.30 start, you should probably have that, maybe 11-ish, so maybe a little bit later. Uh, so that'll be out tomorrow night. Uh, like I said, the pregame, the postgame, those were some of the most fu- most fun sh- shows we did. And it was just even the growth of the show and it, you know, even week one where it was the Pittsburgh, the tie, and the, oh, after you know the Saints game, and and then that Jet win, and then, then it picking up. And we really got to enjoy it and just take it from there. And I appreciate you guys all for being along for the ride. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.